I'm Jody Whites, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. I'm Jody Whites, your professional coach, making sure your life is nothing less than spectacular. I am glad to have on my show today, Aaron Trahan. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Jody. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. It's going to be a great discussion. I feel it in my bones. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, let me tell you a little bit about Aaron before we begin. Aaron has a 15 plus year progressive background as a senior level executive leader within a public company, corporate environment and early stage startups. Aaron's leadership roles have included overseeing GTM strategy, operations, key growth initiatives and performance management. Aaron is passionate about leadership development and most especially helping professionals find their path from good to great. As a certified leader and executive performance coach, Aaron leverages his background and training to support leaders with the implementation of systems, mental models, frameworks, growth programs, and external accountability that allows them to accelerate their path to operating as the best versions of themselves and reaching their full potential. Boy, I love that. You know, Aaron, right off the bat, I'm just getting the feel that you are a well-rounded professional that really cares about the leader but not only, you know, let's get the business done, let's get the results, but let's also find out what you want to accomplish. What would you say about that? You know, Jody, the way that you just said that is so, it's so true. And it's, you know, I, I love to work with leaders and, you know, really help them understand that leadership, especially when it comes down to leading teams and being responsible for leading, guiding, advising people is just such an awesome responsibility and one not to be overlooked. And, you know, when I look back on my career, one of the big pivots, I guess you could say, that it essentially led me to doing what I'm doing today, which is leadership and executive performance coaching, was that big mindset tectonic shift of it's not all about me. It's not about <laughs> my title. It's not about how do I elevate myself. But once I realized that taking on that awesome responsibility, you know, in leadership, the rent that is due every single day of being a great leader is elevating all those around you. If you can help ensure that the people around you are in the right place with the right support, given the right challenges and providing you're providing the right coaching, it allows them to do their best work, which will ultimately benefit the leader. But it has to be, it has to be about the we and not just about the me. 
Um, and unfortunately, it took me several years of my leadership <laughs> journey to, to, to connect those dots. That doesn't was, come uh, naturally, right? No, I mean, no, we, want, we want people to do what we want them to do and, and move <laughs> on, but that doesn't work as a leader. That's right. Yeah. You know, what you're saying reminds me uh, quite a bit about uh, Simon Sinek's book, uh, Leaders Eat Last. <laughs> yeah. Are you familiar with that? Very, very familiar. Love yeah. love his work, love oh. his concepts. I feel like I could, he's, he's, he's one of the thought leaders. I feel like I could just listen to all day. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, going back a couple years and going back to the stages in your career, it, it you know, you were put into management. Did you always want to lead people or or did you just want to do the work? And how did you feel when you got moved into that position? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the the easy answer is yes. I think from uh, an early, my earliest memories, whether it was in high school or college, I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to, um, I wanted all the things that came along with leadership, but the problem was I didn't know the first clue about what came with those things. It wasn't just about the, um, the articles written about you or the, the covers of the magazine. And so when I got put into a leadership position at the, early age of 23 years old. My that was, word. Um, it was a lot of hard work. There was a lot of, um, you know, I, I, not to say it was undeserving, but there was also some battlefield promotions, so to speak, that were in there. And once I'm in this position, I realized it's a completely different animal, especially when my team was made up of, let's just say people with twice my experience that, you know, kind of felt they would be able to do the job better than me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's something interesting about wanting that leadership position, but then continuing to do the work required to go from that current state to that ideal state of good to great. Um, and something I notice happening to me along the way is, and this is a lot of the work that drives um, my engagements with professional leaders is success plus experience can be great in a lot of situations but if that goes unchecked that's where complacency can set in that's where you can start to think that you may be the smartest one in the room um and you slip out of that growth mindset into a fixed mindset and i was lucky enough to at least be aware that i was slipping and needed to kind of refocus on how can I be the best possible leader that elevates the team, that elevates everyone on the team and create that mission driven culture versus that culture of it's all about me and just follow me. Um, and at 23 years old, you don't come out of college being taught that. That is that's some true on the job training and, and some trial and error. And so, yeah, while I always wanted to be a leader, it was. It was pretty eye-opening once I was put into a leadership position, what all went into being a great leader. Um, right. And it, it forced us, and as you've experienced, I'm sure it forces us all to be great students along the journey. Right. And you know what you don't really get out of school, business school, whether you came out with a coding degree or, or even a business degree is 
is really the importance of relationships and how to build those. I mean, yes, there's the, the mission, but you really do need to build those relationships. And earlier you mentioned there were people twice your age. How did you win those people over? Yeah, I, I think it came down to me understanding that it was my role to really drive a whole different level of transparency within my organization. So it required what I now refer to as a zoom out and zoom in approach. For me, I had to zoom out to see the full playing field. Where are we going as an organization? Why are we positioned the way that we're positioned? Why should this make sense to all of us? And where is our niche? Where are we as an organization best in class at? And how can we leverage that? So if that's the zoom out scenario, then being able to zoom in, speak directly with our team, speak directly to those with twice my experience. And really, there was nothing, there was no debate there. They clearly had more experience than mm. me. They've seen more than, um, than I've seen. The gift that I had to give was my insight and the transparency of where I knew we were going as an organization. So where I carved out a value add scenario of where I could help them do their best work really comes down to driving just crystal clear clarity mm-hmm. where we're going as an organization. Here's how this impacts our team. Here's how the work that you're doing matters. And so therefore, here's clearly what success looks like. Here's what failure looks like. How can you leverage me to remove the obstacles that standing in your way to get done what we need to get done to drive the overarching mission? So I think it comes down to having the awareness that know where you can add value. Don't try to add too much value in <laughs> ways where, where you can't. Um And when it can truly be all about the team and they see me, no matter my age or no matter my lack of experience, when they know that I can be an asset for them to remove the headwinds, remove the obstacles and truly allow them to do their best work, it makes it much easier in a scenario like that for them to sign on to that type of leadership. Oh, yeah. You know, right away, they have a... Um, a team player or a partner on their side because they don't have to deal with the navigating the dynamics of politics on on one hand or trying to get resources on the other because you are smoothing out the way and just letting them do their work. Now, um, that also brings up the question of how do you bring up the conversation of talking strengths and weaknesses with somebody on your team that you are managing and addressing those weaknesses. How do you get how do you do that without getting them upset? And, you know, I don't have any weaknesses. What are you talking about? Yeah, I I was uh, taught by a mentor at a very early age that honesty is undefeated, right? Let, let's just <laughs> let's just be honest with each other. Let's be Um, I know the term candid has been uh, thrown out a lot in years past, but, you know, really, I think before all that, it starts with building trust. Um, And it really does all come back to that. And I think when any leader who's being led by a different leader, 
I think that the person in the leadership role has to has to build that trust so that the team knows I'm not I'm not just barking these things out. I'm not just wanting to call out their weaknesses. There is a goal that we have together, and that is to help them do their best work, to understand where do they want to go. Let's get very clear and paint an accurate picture of what the current state is, what's the driver behind that. So what's led us to exactly where we are right now, the good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) What does ideal state look like for you? Where do you want to go? Why do you want to go there? Why is this important for you? And then how can I help you get there in the context of our roles and in the mission we have as an organization? And so it, it is absolutely magical, the difference in performance when an employee feels like their leader is supporting them and invested in their success versus when an employee doesn't feel that those things are, are at play. Um, so as a leader... There is no downside with building trust in your team, driving transparency and honesty, and truly understanding how to get all of your direct reports, for that matter, from their current state to their ideal state. And along that journey, it's just by default, we're going to have to talk about some development areas. We're going to have to talk about some weaknesses um, because there will be things that if we don't address, will ultimately hold them back for where, from where they want to go. Um, and so it it really becomes a shared goal, a shared mission, but if they don't feel like you're bought in and we're in this together, that's where it becomes most difficult. So I think it starts with building trust, always operate with honesty and transparency and create those shared goals. And I think if you can do that on a consistent basis, it makes those awkward, challenging conversations mean something. It means we're helping get them, getting them to a next level versus it just being a micromanaging kind of oh, creature. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's all around setting the context and setting the environment for those, let's just say the unideal conversations to happen, but more than just happen for it to actually be applied and mean something and show up in terms of actionable progress. Yeah, and also what I'm feeling from what you just said is is a level of also empathy mm-hmm. that that you have for the people who are working under you. I mean, it's you're not just handing them a spreadsheet and saying hit goals didn't hit goals. I mean, how how demoralizing is that? And we have all we have all been handed those things. So um yeah. So true. Yeah. So that empathy of understanding of, all right, here's the current state. Where do you want to go? What are you passionate about? What is your career trajectory? How can I help you do it? And, um, you know, it, it's this this not always easy. Do you need to uh, up your skill levels? Do you need to up your relationship levels, your communication levels? How can you be a team player? So because I hear it, let's make it even uh, more transparent to our listeners. How, how are you personally empathetic to the people you work with or have worked with in those situations? 
Yeah, I, I I approach things. Um, I'm I'm a I'm a systems thinker, so I like to kind of look down on things as it's a uh, an operation and find out where the bottlenecks are. And, and the one thing throughout my career that I've noticed is what I call the problem with the how. And you know, I, I'm a firm believer. This 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 is a foundational belief that I have, and. That is every professional, every leader has a desire and aspiration to generate better results and better performance in at least some area. I've yet to come across a, a professional who's told me, Aaron, nope, I don't want to get better at anything. <laughs> I don't want to grow at anything. I, I'm no nope, growth. No, no, I don't want any anything to do with it. I think just about everybody who's active in the workforce they, there's some desire there. There's some aspiration there, but the problem usually comes down into the application of how, what steps to take, what path to go down, what development area to, uh, to choose. And so as we go beyond just being a leader with a strong level of empathy, of understanding where they're coming from, understanding where they want to go, this is where great leadership, in my opinion, really shows up and helps co-create the journey of exactly how to get there. Maybe not exactly, but at least you we're, we're painting a journey because it it does require, it kind of goes back to that, that trust element. For us to do our best work, to see our best results, to be the best version of ourselves, we have to leave the comfort zone. And whenever that how is either a little too, uh, there's uncertainty there. It could be scary where, you know, it's going to force someone to start operating on the very edges of their current capabilities. It's so easy to fall into a comfort zone type of mindset and just create inaction. Mm. And so for a leader to truly help generate the action that can take someone from their version of good to their version of great. I think it's helping create the journey on how to get there. And I think that feedback that can come from a leader um, is so important because it can shine a light into the blind spots that an employee may have and help them more accurately pinpoint the biggest needle moving initiatives, projects, um, development areas to strengthen that can really be a catalyst to get to the next level. And I'm sure you're familiar with Marshall Goldsmith, the famous, you know, executive coach. He has a great concept that I adopted, um, you know, from his book, what got you there won't get you there around feed forward. And when we're, we, we, we use the term so frequently feedback of like looking at a specific scenario and here's what you should have done differently. Here's where you screwed up, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, Marshall Goldsmith has an interesting take where he says, what about mixing in some feed forward? What advice would you give to someone to help them improve results going forward? I think it really goes a long way with helping leaders not look at things in the rearview mirror, but look ahead. What, what can you do differently? What can you change going forward to create that path of how to get better I just think there's so much magic there that if a leader takes the time, invests the energy in, in 
resources into creating that journey forward for for employees i think it's it goes such a long way with building trust and helping them feel confident and taking those steps out of the comfort zone that will lead to personal growth yeah you know um inaction as you mentioned before is is so um disheartening for many people and when you become a brainstorming partner or leader for that person. I mean, they get really excited and you lay out the path again, the strategic path of how they will accomplish things as well as measure. And, and again, what resources do they need? What do they need in general to be in the best mental state possible? It, it just really ignites people to do their best and to be their most productive and um it's it's great and it's it's just talking to them and listening and understanding it it, there is there is not years and years of school we need to be to go to to help them yeah and i think it's such a what you just said is so key to really anyone being able to leave the comfort zone I work with a lot of really high performance, um, you know, sales executives. And I tell them all the time, it's like, you may be a great sales person. You may lead great sales teams, but the best sales person on the planet is that voice from inside the comfort zone in our own heads. It can convince us to, oh. to really not do anything. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm always, just fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I love that word perceived risk out there and oh, uncertainty. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, when someone feels supported by their leader, when someone feels like that their leader genuinely wants to see them succeed and is invested right along with them to create the path and the journey, how to get them to the next level, it just goes such a long way with being able to take that very first few steps out of the comfort zone to take on that new challenge, to take on that new project, to uh, maybe play a bigger game than they have been because they got a little comfortable with the status quo. Um, and that's the, that is part of the awesome responsibility that comes with leadership is because you can have that type of impact that ultimately helps the greater good uh, of your team. And I, I just think there's, there's just so much magic there. There is, you know, and, and um, it, it's an honor getting to help people. It's an honor getting to really see them succeed and also talking about failures. Maybe you both set out or that person set out to do something and it was, it just blew up in their face. So it's like, great, we tried that. Look at you, you got out there, you you had courage, you were bold, you approached this prospect that you thought you'd never do. And it, it's really about giving them the confidence to move forward and yeah. do uh, put their ideas into action and watch them blossom. So, so um, yeah. Absolutely, Aaron. So I wanted you to quickly, you have five points on what you need or what you do with your coaching clients. The first one starts with clarity. I love that. Can you just run through these very quickly? 
Yeah, sure. So my my work with clients is I I really help them simply stated we're we're essentially building a growth house that has five floors. Um and how I've developed this proprietary mythology was from being in their shoes. When I look back at all my failures, all my missteps, all my mistakes, every single one of them can point back to one of these five areas of being a weak spot in that moment in time that led to a failure or led to a setback. And so the first one actually is the big A. That's that's the foundation that we build and it's awareness. So we start we start with building a foundation and I'm a firm believer is you can't enhance, improve or remove anything you're not aware of. So really painting that accurate picture of where we currently are, going back to that current um that current state Let's just be brutally honest of where we where we're currently at. Why are we here? Once we get that honest assessment of current state, that's when we can look out and go next to clarity. That's when we can really start defining some of the big things when we have better clarity. You know, simple questions like, how am I defining success for myself? What does happiness look like for me? What blind spots may be showing up or limiting beliefs that are that are on the path that I need solutions for. That leads us to the third one, which is having after awareness, then clarity, then we can really start crafting the ideal state. What are our goals? What are the supporting milestones along the way? Uh, what needs to be true for me to make progress, to go from my current state to my ideal state? How am I going to track and measure that? Number four is being able to plan for the inevitable obstacles and potholes that show up on the journey. And that's what type of thought partnership ecosystem do you have around you? Who can you go to that's stretching your thinking that can um, really help you see problems and solutions from a different lens? Um, who, who's going to help you broaden your perspectives? And then last but not least, as we get to the fifth floor, um, that's where an external accountability mechanism comes in place. And in my view, there's there's a lot there, but what always sits in the middle from someone who can, um, you know, really continue to achieve great results from a chronic underachiever is accountability. You will see dramatically different levels of accountability once the awareness is in place, the clarity, the vision of the goal and the milestones the thought partnership around them, then it comes time just to execute at a world-class level. And you need a strong accountability system to do that. So as we work backwards from that, every single one of the mistakes that I've made and have seen others make always ties back to one of these areas. So my work with clients is we get proactive and make sure that these are strengths and we build programs and models to always make sure that we're making progress in these in these areas. And I'm a firm believer that if someone can consistently check these five boxes of making sure that they're they're strong and growing, the probability of future success is it's not an if, but a win. Uh, so I make sure that we accelerate that path to future success for clients. Great. Well, that is a very well thought out plan. I cannot see anybody having anything but success with these plans because it's it's very inclusive and exclusive you know you've got your own stuff going on your own awareness 
and having a coach next to you to bring out some of these uh, let's think of it from this different perspective or you know what what will make you happy asking those key questions to really bring that into further clarity and then the accountability are they are they walking their talk mm-hmm. are they doing what they said they plan to do so um they can just step into that success with a well-created plan. Yeah, it's, I, I, I kind of use the example. There's a reason that roughly 97% of New Year's resolutions fail. And it's because there's, there's pretty much weaknesses across the board in these five areas, but most notably around the goals and the milestones and accountability. And that's usually what's lacking in the vast majority of those New Year's resolutions, which clearly leads to and directly correlates to goal failure. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's not rocket science, but if you can structure it in, cert- in, in such a way where you can build a process that minimizes the mistakes, the missteps, and the failures, um, I, I think we all underestimate how much that can accelerate us to the to the next level and so it's all it's all about putting the right systems around you uh that help you advance towards your goal yeah that is true so let me ask you aaron do you have a thought partner that helps keep you aware and accountable Absolutely. I, I was, uh, I, I had my weekly meeting with my coach earlier, earlier this morning, as a matter of fact. So uh, I'm a, I, I tell people all the time, coaches need coaches too. Um, <laughs> right. And so I, I, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, it's like, I think everybody who's looking at a coach, ask them what type of coaching they're getting. And I, I think it's very, very important that um, we, we all, you know, talk the talk, but also walk the walk. And I think there's just so much value in being able to have that third party dialogue, someone who can help you see around corners, help you connect dots, helping you piece together things that you may be debating with yourself in your head, but there's just such a, um, there's just such a magical thing about being able to get it out, have the, have the dialogue and truly have a partner there with you who shares your same goals that you have for yourself and is there to support you and making sure that you you get there based on how you're defining those goals and the journey you want to take to get there. So um, I, I've, I've been using coaching now for the past eight years, and I really can't envision me never using coaching at some point in the future. It's just, it's such a big part of my life and has helped me get to where I'm at. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it, it's just, it's a true, it's a true superpower when you can really harness it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there a hundred percent. I mean, we, we can't do it alone out there. We're not an island. We, you know, it, it if you think of all your thoughts being contained in you, it, it feels very small. But when you get to share it with someone and brainstorm and and even share again that shame that something didn't go through or you should be more successful this part of your life and all those emotional challenges as well as business challenges 
it just smooths everything out with getting um, that dialogue and support and partnership and um, sometimes a pat on the back, most of the times a pat on the back, but hey, let's, let's quit beating yourself up and get on track again. I mean, that's where a coach can really come in and boost your strengths. I, I tell people all the time too, it's it, no matter what your day job is, no matter what function you're in, no matter what your title is, we are all the CEOs of our own life. <laughs> there is no greater decision-making authority over our habits, our routines, and the processes we install to get to our goals. So if you were to take a look, just using a business world reference, what do the best CEOs do? They build amazing teams around them. They can't do it all themselves. And so I think we're all pretty invested in our lives and wanting to see better results and wanting to see better performance. So not putting the right support system around us to maximize our lives. We're only, we're only here for a limited amount of time to make the best use out of it surround yourself with a great team. And I think coaching has a big, big role in that. And I just never, I'll never understand why people think about coaching as, you know, something that's just not for them or not, uh, you know, not for their particular role or function. Coaching can help anyone. And I think just like anything else, to be a great CEO of your life, there's no reason not to put the best team around you to help you get the most out of your thoughts, your goals, your processes uh, to just move forward much more quickly than you otherwise would be able to. Absolutely. And and to have the life work balance while doing it. That doesn't mean that you're going to work twice as long, twice as hard, ignore your family, ignore your passions in addition to the work you do. You know, it's about enjoying the journey and the team, the coaching team, and whoever else you put around you can really help you do that. So why not enjoy that journey instead of feeling that you have to work your 60, 70 hours per week to get things done? That's not going to last very long. No, so I'm only to realize that that's not what you wanted to do 20 years <laughs> later. You know, I, 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 I tell <laughs> right? clients all the time. There's one thing more painful than not achieving your goal. And that one thing is achieving a goal that you realize after the fact was something that you you had the wrong goal. That's oh, yeah. much more painful because you can't get that time back. You can't you can't get a redo. Um, so yeah, being able to get the clarity around what you're chasing after and why uh, pays for it, you know, pays for whatever the fee is for, oh, for yeah. or, or support because yeah. we don't get that time back. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, if, I'm very much, I hate wasting time. That's just what, you know, I want to, I want to put it's a finite resource. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Great way to explain that. Well, uh, Aaron, um, I would love my listeners to be able to further their relationship and information and contact with you. How can people find you? 
Yeah, the, the best way right now is to find me on LinkedIn. Just with my name, Aaron Trahan, I'm posting almost on a daily basis of whether it be different thought exercises, different concepts. Uh, my website will be fully launched here in about three weeks. And so until then, LinkedIn is where I'm active. I'd love, I'd love to connect with your audience. Um, and I try to make sure that if you do follow me, it's going to pay for its time uh, in spades by being able to get value almost every single day. That's my goal. That's mm. why I show up. And so, uh, yeah, I can't recommend that meeting place for us to connect more because that's where I'm trying to really, really build value to 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 a community. And that's great. Thank you for that. And Aaron, do me a favor, spell your name for our listeners. Sure. First name, A-A-R-O-N. Last name, Trahan, T-R-A-H-A-N. Great. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for your time. And, uh, you know, I just, I love the mindset of where you're coming from and how you really want to help people and how you, again, deeply care and partner with them. So um, thank you so much for that. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Jody. This was fun. Oh, absolutely. And um, take care. I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com. Dot com.